you spent five years in prison for failing to pay child support for the defendant, Miss Sears' son, Dylan. That's right. And it was never proven that you are his biological right. father. Right. Now, Miss Sears, you say you have proof that Mr. Manser is Dylan's father. You argue you are here to prove again that he is the father of your son to finally stop him running from his responsibility. Yes, ma'am. You are not his father. Oh, man. Miss Sear, do you know? Yes, ma'am. You know who his father is? Yes, I talk to him still. Today's story really bothers me, and it bothers me for the obvious reasons. One, the story that we're going to talk about today individually is horrific. Two, the laws that are at play in situations like this are also horrific. But one of the things that actually bothers me, maybe even a little bit more, is the way that fathers' rights issues are presented on the internet, specifically from people in the right wing. Look, we're dropping bombs from the jump So I'm just going to say it so you guys can understand it. I'm tired of people that happen to be young, attractive women with no children that are often presenting out-of-context statistics that make the father's rights arguments seem way weaker than they actually are, getting all the attention for those out-of-context statistics. We're not going to talk about today about how women win custody cases 80% of the time or 90% of the time, because I know for a fact, looking into those numbers, that a huge proportion of those victories are completely uncontested. So that's an inflated statistic that ends up making the argument for father's rights far more vulnerable than it needs to be, and it also obfuscates your attention, it pulls it away from issues like this, like the fact that you, by a number of laws in a number of states in this country, can be put on the hook for a child that's not yours, and there's almost no consequences for paternity fraud. So, this clip sent to me by my fiancé, it's from Paternity Court, one of those trashy daytime television shows. My first instinct is likely that this was fake, but there's actually a post-show lawsuit, so this case is in fact real, and basically what went on is what you were shown in the beginning. This woman knowingly committed paternity fraud against this man. He got behind in child support. She sent him to jail for five years, and it took until the child was age 20 for him to prove that he was not the father. Let's roll into the clip just so you can see what's going on here. For your honor, I just, I'm here to explain that 12 hours of my life cost me five years in the Department of Corrections. Now look, there's no dramatic reveals in this video. Bill Manser is the victim in this scenario. And by the way, for those of you who are going to say that this is an old clip, I understand that. But my fiance sent it to me recently, so that's why we're talking about it. Also, if you're waiting for the sponsor transition, this video is not sponsored. Thank you to my website members. But let's get into what he said in that clip, because I think this is unbelievably crucial. She was a friend of my aunt. She was best friends with my aunt. We all lived in the same little community. She lived across the street. I knew of her. I knew her. I've spoken to her. But as far as intimacy, we was together one time. And I hate to be crude, but it was a one-night stand. So he opens up by saying that this was a one-night stand. He says, look, it was 12 hours, and that ended up costing me five years in a prison due to the fact that what you'll find out is that he was paying child support. He ended up falling behind based on his actions that left him with the appearance of culpability in a case where a child was fathered. Now, again, 
No mystery here. It's not about the drama of this situation. Go watch the daytime TV clip if you want the drama. He's not the father of that child. I mean, it's worse than you think. It's not like she just lied and got away with it for 20 years. She took extra steps. That should also be considered crimes. I don't care what your version was. I was far well, from a one-night stand. Living across the street from each other? Far from a one-night well, stand. Now, that is absolutely crucial because what this is about for this woman who is a vindictive person, she's a nasty person, is the fact that she didn't like the way that she was treated by this person. So for about 21 years, she's basically been exacting her revenge against this man who had a one-night stand with her, and he treated her like a one-night stand. That really bothered her, and she's been on the warpath against him again for 21 years. And for those of you who are like, women, am I right? Modern women, blah, blah, blah. Shut your face. This is obviously an extreme instance. I'm going to explain to you how the law aids and abeds people like this. But the idea that every single woman you meet is this woman is ridiculous and absurd. And honestly, it really does distract from the main overall issue. Move on from the basic intro to father's rights conversation that's actually being delivered to you by low IQ pickup artists and get into actually changing the laws in your states, in your cities, in your country. All right, all right. Street from somebody Ms. I'm not dating. Oh, if Ms. I was your wife, I wouldn't right. trust you for nothing. I don't think after all of this that has transpired... It really matters whether it was a one-night stand right. or a two-day trip. So the judge right here, and again, TV judge, so it's partially for the camera, is saying that this is not the issue at hand. Now, for the woman, it's 100% the issue at hand because this is a vindictive move. You don't get more vindictive than this. But obviously, this isn't really germane to the situation. But to be clear, to put my money on the table... I'd say it's a one-night stand, and 12 hours of knowing her might have been an exaggeration. I didn't find out anything about the child until I was served with papers in 1995. And so you you showed up for court, and what happened? No, I wasn't able to show show up for court. I was completely on the other side of the state. I was indigent. I was living at my mom's, didn't have a job at the time. So I didn't show up for court, and I was named a natural father by default. And then what happened? So this is absolutely crucial. He served papers in 1995. Should he have gone to court? Absolutely. And by the way, if you're out there in the world, you should know that you can have a representative show up on your behalf to these types of hearings, even if you can't make it yourself. That is something that you can do. Obviously, he should have done that. He didn't do that. And that left him in a precarious position because once the default judgment against him was assessed, which, by the way, had additional penalties on top of that, because even though he didn't actually know of the kid's existence, it gets backdated to when the kid was born. So he was paying child support or obligated to pay child support and penalties based on the fact that he was deemed the father via default judgment without any supporting evidence to back up the claim. And then I was charged criminally for not paying the child support that was ordered in the default judgment. So how did you get arrested? That came three years later after I still didn't pay child support, still unable to pay. I still had doubt. I've never to this day, thank God for your show, or I'd never know for sure whether or not I was the natural father. Never. If you would have showed up for court, you would have known. I didn't. I couldn't show up for court. Why? There's so a lot of people. I, I, I got there. there. I was, well, you live in the same town. Well, I got there yeah, just fine. I'm sure you did. I wasn't busy running away from everybody. Did you? That's right. You didn't yeah. pay child support for about eight years. Quit telling them it was three years. It was, it was about eight years. The, the court order was 1995. Mm-hmm. I got arrested in 1998. So that's three years in my calculation. And of course, and you could tell this, by the way, from the exchange, this vindictive woman decided to exact her revenge on him by putting him in jail, even though the goal is supposedly to get support for the child, and you're not going to actually get child support 
by putting the person in jail because you're not working for a job in jail. So he ends up going and paying child support. And she's like, makes a point to say, oh, well, they garnished your wages like you're a deadbeat. When I got out of prison in 2003, I paid child support from that day until just February of last year when I lost Only my job. Only because they garnished your wages. Absolutely. That's what they do. Because that's how she's trying to present him because she's bought into her own myth, her own victim narrative. Even though, again, clearly and obviously, as we're going to get to in the clips, she is in fact victimizing him. She put him in jail for five years based on a fraud, and we're going to find out that she knew that this was a fraud. And I actually asked my public defender, where's the proof? I've yet to see proof that the child's mine. He said that they obtained my DNA through a sample that was already on file. That's what she's claimed for this whole time. you didn't raise two. So, that's right. Your evidence clearly states that there was a laboratory test performed. Yes, ma'am. I see here. I don't think it happened. I think she worked in the lab and that she's had this thing <laughs> manufactured. So. so what's really interesting about this is that he's saying that she manufactured the DNA results. She presented to a court of law this so-called evidence of a DNA test result that proved that he was the father, which is actually incredibly crucial for what we're going to talk about and what will be revealed going forward. But I just want you to know that this point in time, she has submitted faulty documents to a legitimate court of law, not this paternity court thing, this is a TV show, but to the legitimate court of law that was actually dealing with this child support case in order to prove with that fake evidence that this guy was the father. And to be clear, so that you guys understand... He is not, in fact, the biological father of this child. She made this up because she wanted revenge, because she didn't like the fact that this guy treated her like a one-night stand. This is what movies are made of. Now, Miss Yeah, I'm good at my job, and I'm not that good. Did you work at a lab? I did. Actually, at that time, I worked at a plasma center. I harvested plasma with 16-gauge needles. Had nothing to do with DNA. So she just said that she worked in a laboratory. It had to do with plasma, and that has nothing to do with DNA. And for those of you who are unaware... Plasma is like a component in your blood. I think it's a little thicker component of your blood. Not exactly a medical expert here. But just so you know, your plasma does in fact contain your DNA. Meaning that this woman would have had access to blood samples that she could have put forward as the sample for DNA. But remember, she's claiming and the lawyer's claiming that his DNA was found somewhere on file that was submitted to a DNA laboratory And that therefore proves that he is the biological father of this young man that's sitting in the corner. You know, when you're in a business, you know other people that's in a business. Now, while most people wouldn't think of anything of it, they'd probably just declare coincidence. This is incredibly suspicious because she did, in fact, produce a DNA result that did, in fact, say that somebody was the biological father of her son. But it's unlikely that this guy who treated her like a one-night stand would have voluntarily showed up to her plasma office, given that DNA so that it could be used as a sample so that he could be determined the father. What seems more likely to me, and maybe it's because I've watched this clip, is that she knows who the actual father is, got him to do this so that they could defraud this guy. The thing to me is that as I go through this evidence and I get to... This is also interesting, and this is a little advice from me to you, whether or not you're trying to detect a lie or you're trying to tell a lie. You don't need more than one excuse. She just talked about how she worked at a plasma place, totally different from a DNA place, and it had nothing to do with DNA. But as the judge is examining the document that she put forward, 
all of a sudden it's like, oh, I was in school at the time. So I didn't even work there. I, I don't even know anybody over there. I definitely wasn't there. Like, what, what are you talking about? Again, if one thing was true, which is what she was saying, that they got his DNA sample through other means that were totally legit, why is she putting forward two alternative excuses for how she could not have done this? The reason why, spoiler alert, is that she's lying. The information that is also included in the collection of the samples, I do see that for alleged father, it's entirely blank. That's right. Meaning Imagine that. there is no social security number. That's right. There is no address. She forgot there to put that no part in there. There is no information about you. It's all blank. There's no picture of you. There's no photograph. She didn't have that information. That's right. Exactly. Now, look, the judge points out that this document has no name for the father, no photo. You saw it for yourself. I'll put it up on screen again. And according to the judge, this is proof positive that he didn't show up. Now, this was never really alleged. Apparently, the lawyer was saying that they got your DNA sample through other means. But it's very interesting that the name associated with the DNA sample is not written down in any way. Maybe they don't know his social security number. Maybe they don't know his address. But the idea that you could just take this blank document with somebody who obviously has connections and the ability to get other people's DNA, like, you know, the real father in this instance, and submit that to a court of law, and that could actually hold for years, over two decades, because the kid's 20 and he's only now on a TV show getting a second hearing of this issue is patently absurd and ridiculous. But again, the system is highly tilted toward the mother claiming paternity and attaching that to a guy. And because he lost on default judgment, honestly, the DNA test was a courtesy of the court. And the fact that it was done in such a ridiculous manner is just the consequences of the fact that you need to go out and get representation and send them to paternity court. So, obviously, your contention that you didn't show up you weren't there for this particular test. It's you're true. Right. Because there's no evidence that you were there That's on that exactly day. Right. Thank We've you, established that. Thank you. We do, however, see a lab record of a collection taken on May the 1st, 1995, which they claim was you. The date of May when they put on there underneath the ascension number, that is when they pulled the sample see, out of the freezer. Ms. Sear, I see the laboratory results of the testing with a probability of paternity of 99.67%. Well, you're the you know, man, that he said 99.67 means he still might not be the father when he heard that number? So it's also incredibly interesting that she's trying to zing him and saying that 0.67% means I still have a chance, which honestly, if you're this guy and this woman is trying to attach herself to you, dig her claws into you, might be the one shred of hope that's actually keeping you alive in the years and years going forward. Now, again, not saying that this guy's a saint or anything like that. Living with your mother, moving back in, not having a job for three years, obviously not the best representation of your modern man, but that does not justify her in targeting him in this way, and the fact that these documents, which are clearly and obviously fraudulent, were never contested or examined in any serious way is very troubling for our system. But again, I need to point out, this is largely due to the fact that he didn't show up for the court date and he didn't send a representative, which a bunch of states would have provided for you had you not been able to appear at court. Mr. Manser, you claim this has destroyed your life. Absolutely. You had a pretty decent life. You didn't get yeah, anything. So they have this back and forth and then they go into Manser saying that this destroyed his life. And you have the woman immediately cutting him off, saying, you didn't sacrifice anything. Again, trying to paint him as a deadbeat because she's been grifting off of this victim narrative 
in her personal life, in her social circles for years. And I think the little bit of doubt that she's going to get away with it is finally creeping in. I think she's starting to regret her decision to appear on this TV show courtroom thing, which is obviously not a real courtroom, but they sign like an arbitration agreement before they come on. And I think that's a little bit absurd. Then again, maybe the fact that they paid her like 700 bucks, whatever they pay you to appear on this show, was too enticing for her to pass up. And she thought that she could name and shame this guy, who again, to be clear, I'm not hiding the ball here, is not the father. I love Chris, though. We've spent a lot of time together. Your brother. Yep. We're going to be brothers no matter what. No matter what happened after today. So I'm including this part in here because the two kids in this scenario, the kid that belongs to this woman and not this man and this man's son, are actually close. They actually feel like they're brothers, which is really unfortunate because this is a 100% case of fraud. It is ridiculous. It is absurd. She actually damaged the father's relationship with his actual son by putting him in jail for years. But these guys feel close, and this just goes to show you how messy these situations actually get. But we have to go forward, we have to go to the DNA test results, because although I'm spoiling that he's not the father, as was shown to me in the original Instagram clip, I think there's something very crucial in there you need to see. Would you like to have a relationship with Mr. Manser? I'm not really sure. I can't respect someone talking so much harmful to my mother. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do that. And of course, the seals just clap because boy defend mom, but boy defend mom, that's good. But the thing is, is not only did the mom lie to this kid and tell her that was his father, but she also poisoned him against the person that she's been accusing wrongfully of being his father when she knew that this was in fact false. Mr. Manser, you are not oh, God. his father. Oh, man. Five years in prison. That reaction from the crowd really does sell everything in that moment. Because the crowd was 50-50 minimum. They were likely more on the woman's side than the man's. Laughing at the fact that he said that 99.97 means that there's a chance that he's not the father. But you could hear the groan in the audience. And you could see the faces of people that are utterly stunned by the fact that not only did this just prove that he was not the father... But it also proved that the mother did a fraudulent DNA test. And because a fraudulent DNA test was at issue, paternity court actually did two DNA tests to affirm this result that he is not the father. I, Dylan, I'm sorry, bro. Uh, this is why. This is why I did what I did. So in a very classy move after he says five years, when the whole crowd is groaning, the first thing he says is sorry to the kid because he knows it's not the kid's fault, but he's saying, look, this is why I was the way I was all of those years. He understands that the kid is the second person that is affected by this, while he's the number one person being jailed for five years. I mean, the kid still has to live with that being his mother, and unfortunately, this guy's not his father, so he's going to have to deal with that. And then the woman goes into defense mode, and I think this is crucial. This is nothing I made up. The lab did. You didn't made it all up. No, I did not. Well, those results are pretty. I don't know any of those people on that form. Oh my god! So you could hear the crack in her voice. She's been caught. She never thought she would be caught. It's on national television. 
Her son is looking directly at her. The crowd is groaning. And then she says, I don't know any of those people on those forms. Well, that wasn't the specific accusation. Like, it could have just been that you got the DNA sample because you work at a plasma bank and you submitted that to the lab with your sons knowing who the father actually is. But instead, she says, I don't know anybody at that lab, meaning she likely does know somebody at that lab. She denied something specific that wasn't actually alleged in that moment. I know the guy said maybe she knows people in the industry and all that earlier, but immediately that's what she leapt to because I think she does know somebody there, and I think somebody at a DNA lab concocted with her this scheme to commit this paternity fraud. Oh, my God. She should be convicted of some crime. No, I should not. I didn't. Mr. Mr. Manser, Mr. Manser, I know you're upset. I know it's overwhelming. Yes, she should be convicted. Fraud. Perjury. She submitted these results to a court of law earlier, and it resulted in them extracting money from him. Extortion. Theft. Also, she wrongfully jailed this person. She knew what she was doing was based on a lie, and she was so vindictive, she put this guy behind bars. Now, I don't know what the statute of limitations on this is. I'm not even sure how precisely old this episode is, but some consequences should be levied against this woman, and unfortunately, they likely won't be, despite this admission. Do you want to find out who your father is? Of course. Miss Sear, do you know... Yes, ma'am. You know who his father is. Yes, I talk to him still. Yeah, she knows. 20 years she's been dogging this guy. 20 years she's been trying to extract as much money from him as humanly possible. For 20 years she's been concocting schemes, staging DNA test results. She put this man in jail for five of those 20 years, and she knows who the father is. In communication with him today, she just thought it would be a good romp to rob this guy because he slept with her and he treated her like a one-night stand. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with this guy not thinking that this was a stellar woman that you should definitely settle down with. Obviously, he's a stupid jerk face and she needed to do this. She needed to go on this 20-year-long vindictive spree of attacking this man for money, committing fraud, committing perjury, because, you know, he didn't treat her well. He said it was a one-night thing. It was a fling. And she's like, I'm not a fling. I'll show you. I'll try to ruin your life for two decades. Listen, get away from my son. So immediately, by the way, she's been trying to pin this kid on him forever. This guy comes over, says sorry to the kid, gives him a hug. But she says, get away from my son. Again, she'd never wanted this guy to be the father of her kid. She just wanted to torment him because he slept with her and he didn't call her back. He apologized. And I'm another breath. He's calling me a liar. You cannot stand there and really suggest that you cannot comprehend why this man would not have any type of ill feeling, frustration, or regret as it relates to anything involving you. Five years in prison. And then I say, do you know who your son's father is? And you say, yes, I'm still in touch with him. That is a really huge pill to swallow. 100% dead on accurate. I mean, I know this is a trashy daytime TV show, but the audacity for her to be angry that he's apologizing to the son, which, by the way, I would have just peaced out. I don't need to show that kid any grace. I'd be like, you know what, kid? You're 20. I hope you moved out, but you're the one who's going to have to deal with her for the rest of her life. But then he gives that grace, and she's like, oh, but he's calling me a liar. Yeah, because you lied. 
because you faked DNA test results, because you lied so horribly that they've been stealing money for him for years, and you were so petty, nasty, and disgusting that they put him away from prison. And then you inflate the lies on top of that. You serve him in 1995. He doesn't pay for three years. He ends up going to jail, and you tell people that he wasn't paying for eight years because you backdated it to five years before he even knew the damn kid existed. What you're doing, it's horrific. You're embarrassing. You knew who the father was. This was all a fraud. And thank God you were so arrogant. You had so much hubris to show up on national television in order to do so. And for those of you who think this is fake, there's actually a lawsuit that was filed by this man against this woman and the DNA laboratory post this. Now, you could read this for yourself. And one of the things that I find outrageous, and this is, again, the lawsuit that this man filed, is that he's only asking in terms of compensatory damages for $25,000. And I'm sure that this is some measure of the child support that he ultimately ended up paying out to this woman. But here's the thing. There were lost wages. You were in jail for five years. There's emotional damage. There's all that that should be incorporated in the damages beyond the actual dollar amount that you ended up paying to this woman. And again, you're suing the lab and her. Now, there is an ask for punitive damages, but this is being filed in the state of Florida, and the state of Florida might actually have caps, and I'm certain that it does, on what you can get. And typically, those caps are multiple of what you get in compensatory damages. So the fact that he sued for $25,000 outrageous what are you doing super way more they took years of your life away from you every year's worth a million to me and that's what i'm taking this laboratory to court for what i can get from the mom that could be limited to child support and plus some kind of consequences in terms of punitive damages hey guys editing sean here as if i couldn't hate this story anymore as if it couldn't make me even more angry upon examination of the lawsuit I realize that this guy is not suing this woman, even though I believe genuinely that she lied and committed this paternity fraud. Apparently, they're suing as a three-way team, son, not the father, mother, the DNA laboratory, in order to all get money because essentially they're alleging that this laboratory led to his pain and suffering and the ridicule of the mother and the son when they found out that this was not legit. So they're all claiming now, according to the lawsuit, even though I think this is just strategic for the lawsuit, that they were all victimized and the woman totally is not a bad person, even though she said she knows who the father is. I have a whole thing in the close about how there's rarely any consequences and I don't think this woman's going to experience any consequences. And guess what? That's definitely confirmed, so my conclusion still makes sense, but I just had to leave this note in here that I missed this because I just probably could not process that they would team up after this. But here's the thing, in terms of criminal charges, not very likely. Typically, paternity fraud is not punished in this country. In fact, it's often rewarded. In many states in this country, because we're moving beyond this story now, you actually can acknowledge paternity of a child 
without knowing it, and that can supersede any future DNA test results going forward. In a bunch of states in this union, if you are in the household with a child, you have about two years to decide whether or not you believe that child is yours, and after that, it's like a willful ignorance kind of thing, or you've taken responsibility, so the court will side against you even if you prove that's not your kid. But these laws actually go even further than that. There are other ways that you can be assessed responsibility of a child. Now, there's obvious ones. If you're married, you don't need to sign the birth certificate, but if you're unmarried and you you sign the birth certificate that could be a legally binding document that supersedes the child's paternity even if you find out later because then you would have to prove some level of malice in the paternity fraud and that you weren't willfully ignorant because the state is basically incentivized in many states in this country to pin the child on somebody else much like the mother and when you have those incentives aligning you end up in situations where people figure out that they're not the father very shortly into the child's life and end up paying until that child is 18 or until they're 21 but let's say you date a woman who has a child already and you end up paying some of the bills in that relationship you never get married or anything like that but you get to the step of you moving in and sometimes not even getting to the step of moving in well guess what if you can be shown it can be demonstrated that you were supporting that kid in some way that is considered a presumption of responsibility and then you can be obligated to pay for that child up until the end of that child's churning of 18 or 21, depending on your state. And by the way, in some states, if the child remains in college past the age of 21, you are still on the hook for child support, medical expenses, and all that. So you need to really be cautious with those moms I like to friendship with because you could end up paying for your friend's kid forever now that is called a child by consent where you essentially through without even knowing it on your own end up consenting to that child now what's even more amazing about these deadlines in terms of dna testing and all that is that in certain states in this union you could end up figuring out after the paternity deadline want to figure out if you're the father of the child but not only does that not have any weight in terms of your case but you actually lose any legal ability to challenge paternity after around two or so years, depending on your state. So not only do you not get to get any good results from that DNA test, even if you prove it's not your kid, you don't even get to know in your own brain whether or not you're forced to be taking care of a child that's not yours after two years. You have to end up on paternity court or some crappy thing like that. And stealing your child's DNA, especially if you're not in custody of that child, could result in you facing criminal charges, in you committing a crime, an assault on a child, stealing their biological material, even though this child is supposedly yours and all you did was cotton swab the inside of their mouth. Now, you might think this case is as clean cut as it gets. You have this woman acknowledge after the fact that she knows who the father is. She has a connection to the laboratory that did this lab test. The lab test was done on May 1st when this woman served him papers on August 24th of the same year. So it's really weird that they somehow got his DNA when he wasn't even living in the same county with that much time apart. But the thing is, if this went to court, if this was put forward as paternity fraud, if he tried to prevent another injunction against his name for backdated child support for this 20-year-old young man, he would likely still lose because she can just say the lab messed up. 
She can just say, I know who the father is. And what I meant by that was I knew I slept with two different people. But once the lab messed up and that was the DNA results, I just assumed it was him. Therefore, therefore, there was no malice. There was no actual fraud. So it was an honest mistake. And that's the threshold that you would have to meet as a father in order to stop paying child support. So not only could she get the money from him that has actually been adjudicated against him, she can then track down the other person, sue him for 18 years of child support, and likely get a judgment against that man as well. Now look, it is incredibly crucial that you guys understand that the laws are entirely state-dependent. You might think that you live in a red state, but I can assure you, red states have some of the worst laws in terms of these cases, because they wanted to go so hard at deadbeat dads that they ended up tilting the system completely in the favor of the mother. And we also have to point out that the incentives, if you paid attention to everything I said, are actually aligned for you to be a deadbeat dad until paternity is actually proven. And based on this case, you might want to prove it twice before you end up sending a check for anything. Because as soon as you take on some fatherly responsibilities, depending on the state that you live in, and by the way, again, this specifically does apply to conservative states that want to establish somebody as the father you could end up agreeing, consenting to this child, a child by consent, without even knowing it, and then you have to prove that with malice, the woman committed a paternity fraud against you. You have to prove that she definitely knew she was lying, and good luck with that in a court of law, even if you have this TV show to show it, where she clearly and obviously was lying, I just explained to you how that might not meet the threshold necessary in order to put this forward. I mean, even the judge on this fake TV show didn't even call this woman a liar straight up to her face even though that would have been well deserved so yeah rather than talking about women's reddit posts or spending all your time and by the way i enjoy this twitter account as well looking at women posting their l's online you should probably look into the laws in your states talk to your state representatives, make these arguments about how these can go terribly wrong, and establish a fair system where if you are trapped in a relationship, trapped with a child, then the person who committed that fraud, or maybe even was mistaken, doesn't have rights that are superior to yours. Maybe that's where we should put our focus. It seems like when you present people this case, they love the Maury Show, they understand it in principle, and a lot of them would be aghast at the fact that when you do the DNA test and you prove the truth of the matter, that doesn't seem to matter in terms of this country's laws. But hey, those are just my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. If you liked the video, show them by leaving a like. Subscribe for more content. Follow me on all my social media. Support me via the support links in the description box of this video. This has been me talking about DNA and how it doesn't mean anything in paternity court. Till next time.